This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, especially after you hear this segment, folks. Subscribe to the Kelly and Romeo podcast using your favorite podcast platform. If you would, maybe give us a rating and review. Earlier, John Beeler was on the show with Romeo and I, and we got into the discussion of um, replacing the iPhone, right? What's going to be the next replacement? Mm. That, of course, leaped into it's a AI conversation mm-hmm. on the break here of iPhones. And I'm thinking the iPhone, you were saying that uh, during a song. You heard the iPhone 5 mentioned. You're yeah. just like, how long ago? Oh, my goodness. And I said to you, I had a, my first one was a 4, uh, 4S maybe. It may have just been a 4, but I'm pretty sure as we got into this conversation, I realized, no, I think the 4S was the first one with voiceover. So some of the real geniuses out there, they'll remember, they'll know. And I can't, I think it was even mentioned in the Steve Jobs book, right? Mm, there was something mentioned yes. that made me say, okay, yeah, I think, not necessarily voiceover, I can't remember what it was, but anyway. Siri, uh, maybe, probably? Yes, maybe it was yeah. Siri, but I thought Siri was there before, but maybe not. No, maybe definitely not. not. To me, Siri it was, was first, same. yeah. And, and I had trouble trying to distinguish the two. I know voiceover came with it, but nobody talked to voiceover Mm-mm. because no one needed it, right? Exactly. It wasn't a big deal. It was Siri, and I would get confused between the voices at the time of and say, what the difference is this Siri and what's the difference of this voiceover? Who cares? As long as I can talk to one and answer me. Exactly. Uh, we do cut for time at this point every week on the program and got a lot to get to. We to this week welcome in producer to join us, uh, Beth Deer out in Edmonton. And Beth, you're going to kick things off on it today. Welcome back. Good day I to you. I sure am. Firstly, I just want to say, Kelly, I know those quizzes aren't your favorite, but I actually had so much fun sat here. I got all the answers right. So next time I need oh to Oh my God. Are you serious? So, yeah, so did you get... You got all song titles too? That's where I see. Yeah, I'm just like shocked. I'm not usually very good at that, but yeah. All right, bring it on. Kelly versus Beth next time. I'm game. Beth will know. I tried it. I tried it with the Google Home and just got beat to death. I know. It was just (laughs) embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, anyway, go ahead, Beth. So much fun though. Mm Mm-hmm. So on Monday, we were joined by our quiz master, Grant Hardy, and he talks about why birth rates in Canada are at an all-time low. So here he is now telling us a little bit about that. Uh, a lot of people still report stigma from not having children. And there are various ways that this kind of ma- manifests. I mean, one of them is kind of for a lot of people, but especially people who identify as women say that uh, sometimes the value in the family centered firmly on reproductive abilities and the ability to have children. Uh, And like one woman described it as a commodity and ultimately led to the breakdown of her marriage. Uh, A lot of people just feel pressure that they are expected to have this sort of life with the traditional family unit, or even the pressure to regret not having children Mm. once they've sort of uh, passed that age. Uh, You know, even uh, strangers will kind of put on that guilt trip. And some people report that people have even said things like, how can you not have children? What if one of your uh, children 
grows up to cure cancer. Oh, my God. Um, which the person responded with, yes, but they could also grow up to be a killer as well. That really made me laugh when Grant was like, oh, like, they could also grow up to be a killer too. I found this entire um, headline super interesting just because personally i found it a bit shocking i had heard that like globally um birth rates were declining but i don't know if it's just because i'm at that phase in my life or like i'm you know i'm just like surrounded by kids at the moment but to me like i've like i just feel like there's babies everywhere like i'm like how can birth rates be declining but i really enjoyed the conversation that you all had surrounding that and yeah, I just, it was absolutely shocking to me that, yeah, they're declining. I mean, it obviously does make sense. Things are getting more expensive. Having kids is getting more expensive. And then like you look at places like the States where like, if you decide to have a child, that's like an investment. If you have insurance, like that's still an investment of like $12,000 to give birth to a child in a hospital. It's absolutely crazy. Um, honestly, like I just... Yeah, I was absolutely mind blown, but I really enjoyed the conversation that you all had surrounding it. So Kelly, do you have any extra thoughts on that topic? You know, I'm always amazed, Beth, where we go. We start with a subject and sometimes you look and say, I don't know if I have anything to contribute. And everyone, as you get hearing Grant speak or yourself or Bill or whoever it might be, you start realizing yeah, but hold it, this comes to mind. And I always find something like this so powerful because we're left, hey, is this really a thing now? Is this really happening? When when Grant mm -hmm. first mentioned that, hey, guys, I don't know if this is a bit dark, if it's even valuable to have a talk about. Uh, and we fill up a segment with it because so many things come to mind. And you try mostly with this job to empathize and place yourself where other people are. You know, even if it's not something I know about, um, experience maybe, but what do I think about? And Feel free to be wrong. I'm okay with, well, I don't really know a lot about this, but this is what I think. Maybe someone else tells me something else a little different and makes me say, oh, wow. And I think this was one of the topics where we had our opinions, we all shared, we had lots that we walked away saying, hmm, I wonder. And hopefully others felt the same way. We didn't try to solve the world in, in the conversation, but brought a lot out that really made us all stop and say, hey, man, what do you mean the segment's gone? There's so much to say, Ramya. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think with um, things like this, you know, we talk a lot about just historically the, the kinds of things that we have to deal with when it comes to gender roles or um, expectations of women and men and, you know, as society changes and as we fight for different things, like, you know, over so many years, we fought for so many different things, women. I think that um, we sometimes overlook how complicated and how challenging these fights actually are and how some of the things that are expected of us traditionally, like uh, being mothers, isn't just a cut and dry situation, right? Like maybe... A lot of the conversations, and I pointed out these books already by Ashley Audrain, so I won't go through that again, but in those books, the the complexity of the conversations really come out, the thought processes, the understanding of what it means to work, but also be a mom, to decide when and how to have kids. Like, there's just so much behind the 
surface level of, oh my God, it looks like not a lot of women are having kids anymore. The birth rates have dropped significantly. I wonder why. I wonder if it's location. I wonder if it's geography. There's a lot of mental health component that, you know, we didn't necessarily get into in the conversation on Monday, but are a, a big, big, big part of the conversation. Okay. Let's move to another conversation we had on Monday. Uh, Danielle McLaughlin talked about what the government can and cannot help you with when you're traveling abroad. The consular program aims to publish timely and accurate information on safe travel abroad, uh, deliver modernized, effective and efficient consular services and provide emergency to assistance to Canadians on a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week Basis, So they can help in a medical emergency by providing a list of do local doctors and hospitals, provide advice and contact information for local police in case of uh, in case you become a victim uh, of a crime. Um, they can provide assistance in case of missing persons or, God forbid, the abduction of a child to another country, replace lost, stolen, damaged or expired passports. They can contact relatives or friends to request assistance. So they won't give you money, but they, they can ask your grandma for you um, to, <laughs> to, to help you send money they, they, or to send you airline tickets, right? So, I mean, there were a lot of kind of scary, spooky, um, terrifying things that were pointed out during this conversation just because, you know, you could get into trouble and that trouble could be devastating. It could be life-threatening. You could be set up in a position where you have absolutely nobody to turn to in foreign countries. And honestly, with the kind of warfare that's going on around the world, we hear about this all the time now. There are many, many examples of Canadians being stranded out there with no little to no support, um, even communication. And that's just terrifying to think about. But Danielle McLaughlin bringing this up was very significant to me because we don't often at all, if, d uh, think about how crucial these this information and these support systems are and where to find them how to find them when you go on vacation something that you're super excited about and very you know you're not really thinking like oh anything can happen during this vacation or at least i don't uh, and it's an all-inclusive at a pretty popular tourist destination and you go but something right something can happen medical emergencies being the least of it can happen and you you, you don't want to be in a position where you're uh, retroactively or reactively thinking about what it is that you need to do to prepare or to deal with this emergency. And instead, you want to kind of know, at least in the back of your head, that these are the kind of things that I can reach out to. These are the supports that are available. So when we're talking about the consulates and really just talking through the scenarios at which people end up... Um, it was scary, but it shone a light on how much there is out there if you go looking. And honestly, too, how challenging it can be to find the supports when you actually need it. Because like she said, Canada consulates are not always available, depending on the country. Then you have to know the partnerships and research behind all that. So if you're not the one to do it, at least go with somebody who knows what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> Beth, anything about <laughs> this you want to comment on? Yeah, actually, I uh, I loved Danielle's segment on Monday. I thought it was fantastic. 
um, it really made me think about my sister because my sister went traveling when she was 18 by herself. Like she had friends like offered to go with her and she was like, no, I want to do a year of traveling by myself. She went to Thailand, Vietnam, like all of these really amazing places. And while she was in Vietnam, um, every like all of her belongings got stolen, even though they were like locked away in a safe. Um, she was without a passport. She was without a phone absolutely everything she had was gone and she was completely by herself and she was really really lucky that obviously she had met another like a few other kids from england that were like okay like get like get your parents to transfer money to our accounts and like we'll do it with you we'll withdraw the money um like we can all go together to the consulate i don't remember i think i think there was like a um a uk consulate there but i'm not 100 sure um but she had to come home and i was shocked because she came home um she, i think she got like a like a paper passport which obviously like everyone questioned on her travels home um but she got her mm. paper passport got home safe managed to get a new passport and my parents said to her like you still have like another eight months left like what are you gonna do and she was like i'm going straight back like i uh, it's mm. kind of like that old saying where it's like if you fall off a horse get back on so she yep. like went straight back thankfully like her passport didn't get stolen again but danielle's tips super super like interesting and stuff that people really do need to know and think about especially if you're someone who travels often you need to know what's out there in terms of help and assistance when you are in a foreign country kelly what do you think well you know, again, I think everybody, and I think Danielle said it so well, be prepared, know what you want to do, think of the things that can happen, whether it's a health-related or trouble or lost item. And I think a lot of times people think, oh, what if some sucker breaks in and steals stuff from my hotel room? They worry more about some of those things. We have recently heard about people having health conditions, and people have to be able to travel. You shouldn't be have to be afraid of going on a vacation because maybe you're a dialysis patient or something like that, uh, or other health conditions, and if something happens or you injure yourself, simply do. Hey, you, you, you can't be fearful of being able to go out. So I like that we touched on that and some of the resources that a lot of us, again, I don't want to think about that. That spins a negative. But it's uh, something you got to know. Also on Tuesday's mm -hmm. show, um, Dr. Uh, Yuta Traranis joined us on the program. Actually, it was really wonderful conversation Ramian Grant had uh, here to talk about accessibility standards when it comes to AI. Here she is explaining some of the downfalls of using AI. Well, we're also moving towards the the generative AI or the large language models and things like chat GPT. The first thing we want to do is to address the um, pervasive deployment of AI in everything from who gets hired, who um, gets admitted into a college or a university, who gets mortgages, what your red credit rating is, what type of advertisements are shown, um, what uh, the politicians will put on their platform, uh, who gets audited for tax uh, purposes, et cetera. So <laughs> that's the first stage. Mm -hmm. And then once we've addressed those fairly significant harms that people are not really as yet fully aware of, um, chat GPT and generative AI and large language models have caught the attention of everyone. But there are many other uh, instances or uses of AI that um, are 
to us, uh, people are not conscious of. They There may be decisions made about you that you don't even know that an AI was helping to make those decisions. And if an AI is making a decision, it's uh, frequently not making exceptions for people that are not like the, the average of that data set or not like the majority. So I can hopefully wish that as time goes on, those adjustments will be made, that AI will pick up on circumstances and be able to adjust and make some assumptions such as people's circumstance. I think about this when I was looking for a line of credit at the bank years ago, had a job, but because I rented, because I had expenses with running back and forth to Toronto when I went and tried to do the documentation at work or at the bank, I was declined. Yet somebody else I knew in a situation who didn't have as reasonable a circumstance when it comes to their finances, bills, but they owned a house, got it with no problem. And I became very incensed at my bank that I had dealt with. These are the kinds of things as, as Dr. Trevian spoke, I realized, man, AI can still put people in that position. So that was kind of what jumped out, but I also really wanted to bring this to attention. Folks, go back, listen to that segment, listen to Christine Malik's segment before that one. Interesting conversations. We know we talk mm -hmm. a lot about AI here on the program. Uh, we're pretty well out of time. Uh, Ram, do you have 20 seconds? You want to throw something oh, in? I just want to say it was fantastic. Listen to both conversations back to back. There's a lot more that I learned about AI in that 15 minutes than I had learned in the last year or so. Beth, anything from you? Yeah, I mean, all this AI talk, I listen to the show every day and it just blows my mind every single time. Mm. Yeah, it's really amazing. And the thing about AI is it's just speeding at lightning speed. So... Folks, we uh, say thank you to Beth, dear, for joining us. We will talk to you next week, Beth. Folks, we will talk to you, Ramya and I. Thanks very much, On the guys. other side of the break, check out everything via the podcast. Subscribe at your leisure to Kelly and Ramya. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.